is the Get Stuff Done Cast Cast. I'm Dave. The mayor of New York City, the, 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 the movement that makes the watch hands of the world work, sure, uh, has, he has a podcast. The only person listening to it is a dog walker in Queens named Dave. If you're new or confused, you're in good company, as I am in the cosmic sense, also new, and in the general sense, deeply confused. If you'd like to listen from the first episode of this podcast, that's what I'd recommend, as well as not listening to the Mayor's Podcast at all. It's bad. But either way, you know, do what feels right for you. Today I'm talking about the ninth episode of Mayor Adam, Eric Adams' podcast, the Get Stuff Done cast, titled NYC's Homeless Outreach Workers Changing Lives on Our Streets and Subways, released May 25th, 2023, and abandoning the naming convention of S1E number at the front. I assume that was for season one episode number. I'm not sure why they gave that up, or honestly why they were doing it in the first place. As a heads up, this episode is just getting a blanket trigger warning for violence to the homeless and the mentally ill. I mean, I'm giving you that. The mayor never warns anyone about stuff like that. He's great. Why wouldn't you be great when you're listening to him, right? I'm not always great. I assume you may not be. And so please take care of yourself. And if that means not listening to this episode, I, I completely understand. The intro to this episode is extremely scattered, even by the mayor's somewhat free associative standards of communications. It's not clear when he's talking to us, when he's setting the stage for what the conversation will be, and when he starts speaking with the people he's interviewing. There's a cut-in of several clips of speech, clearly not given by the mayor, but whomever is speaking isn't credited. Production notes aside, the episode is clearly about the homeless services that the city of New York provides. Adams also mentions the pandemic in the sense that we're post-pandemic, so I'll inform like half the people I know that they didn't get COVID in the last month or two. Adams, finally finding some sort of way into the episode, says that his administration's focus has been on those who cannot take care of their own basic needs, who are a danger to themselves and others. And then he brings up the death of Jordan Neely, which he evidently is pinning on mental health issues Neely had and not on the man who, you know, murdered him, allegedly, or, you know, perhaps the mental health issues of the man who committed the murder, who everyone just seems to be deciding was acting in a sane manner when he murdered a man, allegedly. Anyway... We need to help the homeless so that there aren't more Jordan Neely's, says Eric Adams. And while I think everyone should have housing, I don't think Jordan Neely's mental health issue should be seen as the reason he died. He died because of Daniel Penny, who placed him in a chokehold. And if there were fears driving Penny, it's worth asking what the source of those fears were. He might well have felt fear because he'd heard a great deal about how crime in NYC is out of control. 
And the people talking about out-of-control crime often do so by equating crime with visible homelessness. And often, the person saying that crime is out of control and illustrating this by pointing to the visible homeless is the mayor of New York, Eric Adams. Adams says that he's very sad about Jordan Neely and that his son's name is Jordan, so he gets it. And wow, I I can't believe I just said what I said. I, I apologize to the mayor. Boy, I really had that wrong. Adams introduces his guests, Molly Park, the commissioner of the Department of Social Services. He introduces her as Molly Park. Every bit of info I can find on her, including his show's notes, refer to her as Molly Wazo Park, for the record. And then Xavier Shakespeare is the other person introduced here. The mayor notes that Xavier must have been made fun of quite a bit for that name. Um, and aside from the fact that people often change their names for any number of reasons that they may not want to talk about on a podcast, um, and don't feel empowered to talk about on a podcast with the mayor and whether I, obviously whether or not I can, that happened here, I can't say. Also, just don't. Bring it up. If you think somebody's got a strange name, they may just. It's it's your problem, not theirs. The point is, mayor's just really out here being real weird about people's names to start off this episode. And I don't like it. I don't, I don't know how, you know, the people he was talking to felt. Anyway, Xavier is an outreach worker with the city. Molly starts by talking about how housing and homelessness sectors of government are siloed, and her goal is to break that down. Homelessness, she says, is a housing issue. You'll get no argument from me. The mayor notes that if you're dealing with a, with a severe mental illness, it's difficult to keep a home. I mean, and I guess, you know, money is probably the main thing that's deciding whether or not you have a thing you pay money for. And you may, yeah, you may have more difficulty getting money if you have a mental illness, but some forms of mental illness are frankly rewarded with a great deal of money, like being a psychotic power seeker who can't see other humans with empathy. And some folks who have enough money that they can suffer all kinds of public displays of mental illness, you know, I'm sure you can think of someone, of these people on your own, um they're never going to be threatened with not having a home. Perfectly sane people go through the types of unlucky and unfortunate events that lead to one experiencing the stresses that can come with being unable to afford a basic need like shelter. And that can lead one down certain mental paths. You know, I've experienced stress-induced depressive episodes and I've never really wanted for resources. The brain's like any other organ. It can be sickened by the things that enter it rather than things inherently wrong with the organ's body. You know, not that any of that should matter either way as a determining factor on whether you can have a structure to prevent your body from being cold. The mayor turns to Xavier 
and asks about their work doing outreach on the subway. Xavier has a degree in social work, worked in shelters around the city, and decided they wanted to address the reasons why people are where they are. Well, asks the mayor, why are they there? A lot of reasons. For some, it's a matter of mental illness. For many, a matter of trust, a lack of family support, and housing costs. I don't disagree with any of that, and I certainly don't mean to sound like I'm in conflict with a person who's done so much more work, good, vital, heroic work with people uh, than I ever will. But approaching this from the standpoint of what it, these individuals express sort of turns the problem around, right? People, people don't have houses. That's why they're houseless. People have to pay for houses with money. So it's all the, basically the same issue from my perspective. People don't have money or not enough of it. These people don't have money, so they can't get shelter. So the issue is they need to be given one or the other in some fashion. We recoil from this because we internalize that we've earned our money and therefore the stuff we buy with it. And in the literal sense, that's absolutely the case. I make money in one of the most transactional ways possible. I walk dogs and people pay me for it. Every step I take is one towards more more oat milk being in my fridge. The temptation is to view it as unfair that I do that to get that oat milk and then someone else is simply given cash or a house. And that temptation is very strong. It can quickly toxify into the belief that because I do what I do to get oat milk, they must not have cash, house, oat milk because they didn't do that. Despite me having no way to know the individual circumstances that brought a person to their unfortunate circumstances. And honestly, would it matter if someone screwed up or even was lazy and just wanted to be given a home, that person wouldn't be taking my money or devaluating my work simply by receiving an, an extremely basic necessity. I think this is what the tax the rich movement gets wrong, though I do feel like we should tax wealth more, much more aggressively than we do, just as an issue of where the money is. It assumes the stance that the taxpayer money is being taken from them and that this is a loss. It's not. Taxes pay for things like cleaning the water and keeping unfortunate people from dying in the streets. These are gains for society and me personally. To make a digression a little less digressive, let's talk about mental health because I also think that that discussion misses the whole fucking point. A rich person can be mentally ill. Elon Musk can post the most paranoid shit to Twitter that he wants. No one talks about how his lack of trust in the systems and resources the government provides are somehow misguided or costing him like food. You don't need family help if you're rich and housing costs are less of a thing if you're wealthy as well. I mean, in terms of trust, this entire podcast I'm doing is about how I basically don't trust this weird man who's running the city. And I have a pretty nice apartment. I've experienced mental illness. I have wonderful friends and family in my life, some who've helped me you know, financially, but if they hadn't been there for me, it's really impossible for me to weigh how things would have been different for me because my family's financial help was predicated on the fact that they could financially help. In other words, I was born to upper-middle-class people. I am upper-middle-class now. This is how that works. 
The homeless are rarely born upper middle class. I'm sure it happens, but the issue is just that things like housing are really expensive and many people who don't have a lot of money can't pay for it. Or, as in Xavier notes, the problem is housing costs. How do you build trust, asks the mayor. Xavier says that sometimes it can take hundreds of interactions, and Xavier typically starts these interactions with the homeless on the subway by acting like they already know each other and asking if there's something they can offer. They talk about the options. Then they cut in a speech from the mayor about where he talks about the tragedy of mental illness and how it often prevents the sufferer from knowing that they need help. And look, there are mental illnesses that cause true detachment from reality, either temporarily or long-term. But so much of this seems to be about recasting the difficulty people have with affording housing. And in July, the median rent in Manhattan was $4,400 a month. The average rent was $5,600 a month. Both both were all-time highs. Recasting the difficulty people have with affording housing as less of an issue of how much fucking money it takes to have a home here and more of an issue with the individuals who cannot find that money as if mental illness is created in people and then those people become homeless and there's nothing else at play. Adams asks the commissioner for for the three reasons people end up homeless as if he didn't just ask Xavier that question. He also tells a little story about meeting one of quote, my former police officers, end quote, who's homeless now. They spoke briefly. Initially, the mayor didn't recognize him, but then he did. He wanted to ask, but didn't, what happened to the guy. I don't know if the mayor knows how this story portrays him, but it's not great. Underlying all of the reasons, says Molly, is the cost of housing and income inequality. Thank you, Molly. I know you're trying. She adds that half a million households in NYC make less than 30k a year and pay more than 50% of their earnings in rent. You can imagine how many people are in half a million households. It's way more than half a million people. So that's why, the mayor says, it's important that we settled a union contract with DC 37 that paid them a good wage. DC 37, if you don't know, I also I also didn't know I had to google it is the city's largest municipal public employee union with 50, with 150,000 members and about 90,000 retirees. And I don't know about how many of them overlap with the commissioner's figures in those extremely precarious half-million households, but just doing some math, I don't think that their contract was really the issue causing a spiking rise in homelessness in the city over the last decade or so, though I think it's great that they got a good contract at least according to the mayor. I'd have to check the details to see how they feel about it. Anyway, add in issues like a health crisis, not necessarily a mental one, the commissioner is careful to note, or domestic violence. Adams notes that they have shelters for victims of domestic violence. And the commissioner notes for the third thing, uh, uh, what Xavier said, lack lack of family support. Wow, says the mayor, that's why we need community. Okay, sure. How are we getting community? But also the words, the rent is too damn high, have been all but screamed in the mayor's face repeatedly throughout this podcast by the people he's interviewing, and he's just not, just nodding. 
The mayor says he remembers talking with a guy on the subway who was very intelligent and who had no shoes. And now he has a picture up in his office of the two of them chatting. It was here when Adams was talking about a creep shot he put up in his office of a shoeless person experiencing their lowest point that I got a little tired and started to despair a bit. This episode is more or less two very politically adroit members of Adams' administration telling him what he wants to hear about how bravely and compassionately his administration is dealing with the issue of homelessness, while every so often including the information that he refuses to hear that homelessness is caused by skyrocketing rents. There are no mentions of new initiatives or efforts by the administration to address this issue holistically. There's no signature named thing they're doing, a la his stupid dinner series, or de Blasio's Vision Zero, or Universal Pre-K. Just them telling him what needs to change, and him responding with platitudes about everybody pitching in, and stories about taking pictures of the homeless and putting them up in his office. This city has a real set of problems. Homelessness is a major one of them. Our schools are a mix of very nice and nightmares. Climate change is about to smash into us, and four of the five boroughs of the city are on islands. When faced with just one of these problems, one that has a very obvious, if difficult, political solution, provide actual housing by building actual housing, the mayor resorts to problem. Nothing changes except that, if for no other reason than entropy alone, it gets worse. You know, I believe that the people who work in homeless outreach are doing truly wonderful work, and I think they should be given every resource. And also, the people who run our cities are fucking ruining them and making them unlivable. And the most obvious sign of this is that there are so many people who are unable to live in them with things like shoes and apartments. And it's disgusting that the chief executive of the city would pat himself on the back for feeding the homeless at a food distribution or talking to a homeless man on the subway when he's responsible for the conditions that put those people in the place that they are. But it's never his fault. Nothing is. After all, he, as he keeps mentioning, God told him he'd be mayor. Did God tell him he'd be a good one? What was the mayor up to in the time between the recording of this of the previous episode, May 10th, and this one on May 25th? Uh, to do this bit, I lean heavily on the reporting of two fantastic New York City outlets, The City and Hellgate, both of which I support financially. I encourage you to do so as well. Links to their websites are in the show notes. Well, it's funny that he was talking about the ho houseless and homeless in such self-filating ways, since this was the period of time he signed an executive order attempting to limit NYC's right to shelter law. Speaking of de Blasio's universal pre-K, Adams, whose administration owes UPK providers about $400 million for services already rendered, proposed cuts to the program of $570 million over just two years, which would more or less kill the most successful universal good that any mayor of this stupid city has accomplished in the last 20 years. Adams was a speaker at the graduation of CUNY Law School, where students booed him and turned their backs on him. 
This was in large part because of his habit of being on the wrong side of history in just about every case, including his extremely recent statements on Jordan Neely's death and his refusal to condemn the actions of Daniel Penny, the man who, you know, murdered him, allegedly. CUNY students are a pretty progressive bunch, but also Adams had recently proposed massive cuts to the budget of the city university system, so honestly, what the hell were school administrators thinking would happen? And Hellgate, again, I cannot recommend strongly enough, reported that since Adams took his first paycheck in crypto, because, you know, normal, Bitcoin has lost 25% of its value. If you liked this, thought it was interesting, want to hear more, the best way to make sure you do so is to hit subscribe on whatever app you're using to hear my voice right now. Best way to let other people know about this podcast is to tell a friend or an enemy. You know, liking it is not going to do anything. Reviewing it, starring it, I, I, I would appreciate, you know, any effort anybody means makes, but I don't, I don't think that does anything. I think telling people does things and you could just tell somebody or not just you know you could watch videos online and try and figure out why that cactus you like is suddenly turning brown um transcripts of this show are available at stuffstuffcastcast.wixsite.com slash stuff transcripts i'd love to hear from you you can email me at stuffstuffcastcast at gmail.com my thanks again to John Coyne for all of his feedback, thoughts, and advice. And uh, I guess I, uh, the only thing left to say is I'll, I'll see you next time.